0: welcome to Salad Class episode 7. Um, myself, Ollie and Glenn. how you doing mate?
1: I'm alright, yeah. It's going to be a bit of an interesting episode, Ollie, I think this week with the, the conundrum that is this current Shrewsbury Town team and trying to figure out just what the hell they are actually all about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put um, on the agenda here that it's getting a little bit boring <laughs> mm, because, yeah. yeah, you know, from a statistical point of view, our XG, you keep seeing all these emails and seeing where Shrewsbury are and every time it all points to positive news and... So so It's interesting isn't it that the results are just not going our way um, but the performances are still being positive so it's very peculiar um, and I think it's fair to say after um, watching the game on Saturday I turned off and until doing the agenda again I tried to forget about football in Shrewsbury Town so (laughs) it's that kind of feeling I have at the moment, what about yourself?
1: Yeah, it's, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, again, like the the game we talked about last Saturday and it being a positive performance. Again, you know, we're going to come on to talk about Pompey now and the positives of that game. But again, I can still see things in there that concern me and worry me. So it's not like it's, you know, we are blowing teams away and everything is perfect about this team. There are clearly issues there. So I think there are certain, certainly some things to look at and, and discuss. But it definitely is a very, very interesting team in terms of of, of trying to just put together quite... Why we are where we are. And the whole thing about this season at the moment, Ollie, is that you've got basically fans on sort of... The, we talked about polarised opinions last last week. And people were saying you've got to look at it with cup half full or cup half empty. You know, when you can look at stats, we're on an unbeaten run now. Or we haven't won in so many weeks. And I suppose me and you are going to fall certain sides of that polarising opinion or probably somewhere near the middle, I think, after how we talked last week. But certainly it's just interesting how people are kind of trying to put their own thoughts together with the form because... False positions or not, our form is our form, isn't it? And, and if you take it back to brass tacks and we've only got four points, it's not great.
0: Yeah, it is very frustrating. It's very frustrating. It's all about wins. Um, and, yeah, makes Saturday um, starting to feel like there's a lot of pressure building, but we'll come to that.
1: Yeah, we will. I think at this stage, I think we'll... Uh... We'll leave it there and we'll dive into what was a very interesting game down on the south coast at Portsmouth. Given straight back to Shrewsbury Town as they build from the back again with Grant into the edge with Collins. Bobby Grant still going on to his left foot and shoots Shrewsbury Town straight into the league. So just the one game this week as Shrewsbury travelled down to what has been a happy hunting ground really down in Portsmouth. We won the uh, I think we won the last two games at Portsmouth, have not we? And I think we're, we're five games unbeaten against them in in all competitions. So you know, obviously they've been one of our sort of uh, bunny teams really, the opposite of a bogey team. So yeah, maybe it was the om- omens were good for us to suddenly put that that form correct. So yeah, we went down to Portsmouth. Um, we've started the season fantastically, and we got a one-one draw. Um, we went ahead, um, but they pegged us back unfortunately. So. That's the basics of the game, but there was a lot that went on, wasn't there, Ollie? So, um, yeah, I suppose it's going to be an interesting one to talk about. Um, You know, I think of looking at the stats you've written down here, some of them are about their form. They had started the season fantastically, hadn't they?
0: Yeah, they have. So they're unbeaten um, in the league um, with Mm -hmm. five wins in six games. Um, so yeah, they were sitting second going into this game. So yeah, they were in a, a fantastic um, start to the season. Unfortunately, um, we were still without a win and we they are were. still without a win. Um, <laughs> I did a little bit of looking back to our stats and what I found one of our excels from last season. Yeah. Um, and obviously after seven after seven games last season, we had 19 points. We have four. <laughs> so yeah. that's quite, obviously we had a fantastic start to last season, but that 15 points gap difference does um yeah does um it's not good is it let's be honest
1: pretty stark that ollie pretty stark yeah i mean I, i've been doing a few bits and pieces on on the blue and amber fans account this week looking at um sort of how bad the start to the season is prior to the pompey game and um lewis cox sort of followed up with a with an article on late on friday afternoon i don't know if anyone saw it but it was talking about this being the equal worst start to a season after six league games um joint with two other seasons and in terms of uh, and that, that's, sorry, that's that's the points, you know, obviously to have three points after six games, it's the equal worst after that point. Um, and in terms of, however, it's not quite the worst without a win. Um, I think it's Ian McNeil, one of the seasons that he was the manager. We went 10 games at the start of a season with, with league games, this is without a win. So obviously after Saturday, we're up to seven, um, which is sort of pushing us close to that mark. So you'd like to think that Assy can avoid that particular record, but it certainly is. Record breaking in terms of a poor start, and it's it's you know frustrating with us playing some nice football that we've actually got that record under our belt at the moment. But yeah, annoying as it is. Um, and one of the other things I'd look at, Ollie, which is probably quite interesting, and we'll, we'll come to talk about in this game for sure, is goals. If you look at all of our recent League One seasons, obviously since we we first got back up to League One after that long period of time. Uh, after six games, and also after seven now, if you include this game on, on Saturday, this is the lowest amount of goals we've scored in those opening games, and I think you know it's starting to become apparent that that really is one of the massive sticking problems in this squad, isn't it?
0: It's a problem in football if you're not scoring, <laughs> and it creates problems and it creates pressure. Um, it's a huge problem, um, and yes, unfortunately we, we scored one in this game, but something needs to change there, otherwise we're going to have a, a terrible, terrible season. So yeah um and in terms of um scoring goals um it was disappointing um for as a fan but fantastic for Angle because um he um, he ha- um his his partner um, gave Bertha a child this weekend so that was great news to him not so such great news uh, for the Shrewsbury town lineup because uh, that meant the shop <laughs> started up front um, God, yes. so he was up front supported by Wally and Giuliad um, we had Laurent, Grant and Norburn in midfield. Um, and then Coleman in goal with Emmanuel coming in at right back um, in place of Sears, um, which is a bit harsh, but you can see why he played. Um, Waterford, Sadler and your man Beckles at left back. So uh, the only thing, the only real surprise there really was, um, obviously, the fans I didn't know about, Angle. Um, I don't know his wife no. or his missus. Um, and yeah, unfortunately for us, he wasn't available for selection. election. But yeah.
1: It, it was it was interesting, only because we, we we basically both nailed our colours to the mast. not we last week and said we were sure that Sears would get dropped, and, and so I'm not surprised there. So the yeah the only other real change that was of a surprise was the angle for Shop, um which which leads me to believe that after all this time Holloway's still not fit. Um I think he had a little niggle didn't he at one point, which is obviously setting back a little bit, but slightly concerning that we don't seem to have him available that often this season so far when he's clearly gonna be ahead of the shop in the pecking order. Um so yeah I, I mean I saw the the lineup and I just was flabbergasted. After the shop was getting another crack but I can understand why because even in the week um, Ascii had been talking about changing the team potentially and I don't know if you'd seen any interviews he was looking at maybe putting two strikers on and going a little bit different in in hopes of trying to change our luck Um, but in the end he's obviously not gone for that you know he's decided to stick to his guns and stick with his tactic and at the end of the day, it hasn't quite worked again for him, so you do wonder. But you know, what, what do you feel like? Would you have? Would you have got rid of one of those central midfielders to play the shop and Faye, for example, in this game?
0: I don't understand. I, I don't understand this this discussion, if I'm honest, and this debate that's going on among Chelsea fans. Well, we're creating chances.
1: Yeah, it was something that Askey raised, though. Yeah, but have, I, I still don't understand
0: it. Even if he did raise it, we're creating <laughs> chances. We're creating. We're you know, we're, we're not far. You know, we're up there with the top teams in the league in terms of creating chances. And formations and tactics are all about creating chances if you've got a terrible striker let's put my let's put my you know let's just say it the shop is a bit shit <laughs> you know if you've got him up front yeah. it's not going to work is it and that's the problem um, no. so for me talking about semantics of formations and tactics I think the formation works brilliantly we're creating loads of chances um, but yeah mm. there's, some, so no, there's no yeah there's no I yeah that's my view on that you're flabbergasted just,
1: by it I can tell
0: I'm flabbergasted by the recruitment. It goes back to recruitment, doesn't it? But we've yep, got yep. this, we've got a team now that it just doesn't look like we're going to score. Holloway hasn't got a record of scoring. Shop is a, we, you know, your brother um, called him a corner forward. And Angle was a third choice um, striker at, at Mansfield. Now, it might turn around and Angle might have a fantastic season, but I haven't really seen that in him yet. Um, and Payne was, 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 um, was um, shipped off to Bristol Rovers. And yeah. I just don't understand it, Glenn. I'm a little bit peeved off, if I'm honest, because you know, we've got a fantastic midfield, a really good wingers. We, I think we've got a decent back four and a, a nice goalkeeper. But if you're not going to score, you're going to struggle.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. It seems like we've built an F1 car and forgot to put the engine in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know? exactly.
0: I was trying to think of some silly and silly kind of examples. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like buying the, the best ingredients in the world. Um, and then your chef's a three-year-old. You know, he's not gonna. He's not gonna make a mission star <laughs> yeah. meal, is he? It's um. No, yeah. it,
1: it's certainly not. It's and and you know, I, I watched the game, and, and we'll come to the to moments of it. But we are talking about the way this team is kind of going at the moment. And I think it's probably worth focusing on it. In that, you know, you watched the way the shop played that game, and and he wasn't, you know, a, a natural target man in some respects. We didn't actually put that many balls up to him. The midfield played well, and they played a lot of passes around, and they were a lot of the time he was getting it played into feet. And you watched it, and I thought. Payne could have played that role perfectly, you know, we didn't need the big tall bloke in that game, and it's so bizarre, he would start every week if he was at this club for me, and, and I then looked at it and then I thought, well, how different would it be if Faye was in that position, he's not exactly sure, um, I don't know, I, who's to know, but you, you know, we, I think every She's fan will turn around and say that this clearly is our biggest problem now, um, you know, we could talk about giving penalties away and gifts and all that sort of thing which we'll come to, but... You know that's just a symptom of the lack of uh, wiggle room we're giving ourselves by just not having anyone that, that up in that upfront role that can particularly score too well. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I mean the team selection. You know, it's starting to pick itself. You know, the shop doesn't fit in that team selection, and he's there to do a job when a few people are out, and it is what it is. But um,
0: but yeah, well, just what I asked on Twitter before the game. You know, is I asked the question: Is the shop good enough for League One? Um, and yeah, there was something. Um, Jacob came. Came back and said no, he isn't. He doesn't do a job and he can't bloody score. No. He does something else at the end, but we'll let's not have too many swear words in this pod. Um and then Andy Davis replied saying, Um yeah, um a tough one. Oh, I can't decide. That's a toughie. Let's go with absolutely not. And then he asked the question which he just alluded to. Why is Faye left sitting on the bench whilst watching that yesterday? Defenders must be rubbing their hands together, and then the conversation goes on, and someone saying, "Oh yeah, he's a good target man." And Andy Davis points out, that "He's not actually a very good target man either." No, nope, I don't think he is because he's not really. None of our plays and none of our attacks, which we'd say Morris was that, you know, forward pivot. You know, Morris last season was fantastic at grabbing, getting the ball, holding it up, and bringing players into play. He's not even doing that. No,
1: there's there's a good example it's of this game. It is. There's a good example in this game as to why I don't think he's a particularly good target man. But, um, yeah, I I, I think that it's it's fairly clear that he's just... (laughs) Like he's crap. Yeah, exactly. There's a fair few examples, (laughs) I suppose. But it it, it is clear that he's having to, to play there because... Holloway's not fit. Angle was away, and and he doesn't an obviously fancy Faye in that role. And and I think sooner or later both those other guys are going to get fit, and we should shouldn't see the shop playing. Let's be honest about it. Um, but yeah, it's ironic. Ironic to is me. It's the loan I, window closed now. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I think you can still get like short term loans in, but I'm not too sure other than that. Um, but I wish we would. It'd be good, you know. Even if you brought a short term loan in just to give us that extra option, it wouldn't be the worst idea ever, would it? But um, yeah, what I was about to say is the ironic thing about this whole game and talking about the shop. I, I concluded was. The shop would have been perfect for this game if he'd have been coming on in the last 10 minutes as a sub when we were 1-0 up. You know, I would have probably thought we'd have seen the game out then because that's his role, isn't it? That's what he did so well last season. Unfortunately, he'd already been subbed off by that point. So, yeah, there you go. Ironic. It's, it's gone the other way around this week. But, um, yeah, we shouldn't really focus too much on just the shop. It is a massive uh, part of the problem we had on Saturday in terms of why we didn't win this game. But there were lots of other things that went on, weren't there, Ronnie?
0: There was. It was quite a. Yeah, it was a game with um, a lot of events, mostly in the first half. I'd say. Um, I would say we didn't really start the game particularly well, did we? Um, we'd say Pompey definitely started the better of the two teams, um, and there was a good effort from Lowe, who fired wide, decent save um, by Coleman, and yeah, then there was, they had a bit of a chance after the corner, and yeah, it took us what like ten, fifteen minutes to really kind of come into the game.
1: I think that's what ASCII had expected from his, his pre-match interviews that I watched. He was sort of saying, you know, it's one of those games and one of those crowds you go to where they're up, aren't they, from the off. It's, it's boisterous, it's loud. There's, you know, over whatever 10,000 fans there. You've got to settle down into the game. 19,000, consider... something like that. Yeah, well, exactly. You've got to settle down into the game. Quiet them down, um, and then you can get into the game, and that's certainly what happened. Because the longer that first one, half went on, the the more we battened, didn't they? And, and it was it was after that sort of one good chance showed where Coleman saved it. I thought we started to get into the game, and 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 from that point onwards, the three midfielders really clicked. I thought, um, and and just dominated that midfield area, and that was this the spiral off which all of our good play happened, really.
0: Yeah, exactly. That kind of, yeah, where we kind of go next is in terms of, so yeah, Grant gets the ball. I'm, I'm quite enjoying Grant. I think he looks like a decent player, and I think he looks like a, you know, a strewed signing. He might be a bit older, you know, we're not buying him for, we haven't signed him for, you know, resale value, but he's, it's good to have that kind of experience, calm pro. So he was very calm in this game, so that was good. Um, he gets the ball, um, pays out to Warley, um, who I thought had a good game again, um, and who crossed the ball with his left foot, really sweet cross with his left. Um, and the shot was too slow to react. And, like, did he not expect to cross or something? I don't know.
1: It, this is the one where I thought, this is why he's not a target, man, because I, I think the keeper probably got a hand on it looking at the replay again Or a today, striker. You put your body... Yeah, you put your body on the line, do you know what I mean? You you flat go in there and, you know, if you're going to get on that ball, you've got to, you know, he's already got round the defender. He did all right on that bit of it. But you've got to go and put the keeper under some pressure. Um, and it's just, it was a bit weak, and a bit, bit, bit. It was a bit lazy at the back post, I thought. And um, yeah, a good striker, I think, reads it and gets on that ball and heads it in all day. But um, yeah, it wasn't the only good chance he missed in the first half, was it, to be fair?
0: No, it wasn't. No, uh, we'll come on to that one in a little while. <laughs> but there was, but that this was the positive that then we just started absolutely bossing the game. So really nice link-up play with um, Grant and Gilliard. Yep. And then Beckles goes down the line um and puts a super ball in. You know, he, yep. he's he's a bit clumbersome, isn't he? But he you know he settles himself, crosses a brilliant ball um into into Wally. And that's the kind of cross that um Rodman would have probably have got a good effort on goal. Wally's not as good ahead. Um and then yeah, he goes out for a corner. Um and yeah, it was a we had another effort after that one from the corner. But this is where the game kind of was in full flow and we were looking like a really, really good team.
1: Every attacker was real fluid um you know Giuliano was was looking impressive when he got the ball and running at people with pace um, Wally was was playing up to his, his best standard again for us in that first half. I thought that I said the midfield three were really good. The defence didn't really come under much pressure then for the rest of the game, and, and Coleman wasn't called on that many times other than a couple of corners I think they had, um, and and it just looked really nice. I thought Norburn was was really good on the ball, uh, as as you said Grant was very impressive in that sort of shield role, um, and and it was it was all it was all positive. You know you couldn't you know I I'm happy to say we battered them in the first half. You know there was that shot by Beckles that he had from long distance, um, and then a bit later on there was a really good shot by Grant wasn't there that almost went. And he just he sort of drove on and, and whistled it wide. And then yeah, there was there was a really good one by Wally as well, wasn't there? That was sort of went past the same post. And those three chances it were, were, were great bits of play, really positive driving on. Didn't get one of them on target. That's the frustrating thing.
0: It was very frustrating. And Then we started having quite a few yeah, longer range efforts, didn't we? Um, I've yep, kind of grouped yep. these together because there was quite a few. Um, so yeah, Beckles had one. Um, then Warley had one, and then Grant had a super effort, quite basically like the end of the half. Um, and yeah. we were really threatening from range as well, some quite decent shots. Um, but yeah, it was yeah again not not always on target, but yeah again, de- okay efforts at least. Um, at least we were trying something different and mixing it up.
1: Yeah, and 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 you know there was a couple of chances from corners as well, but I think Beckles had a really good chance from a corner that he headed over, and I think there was a couple. He more did, as well. yeah. Yeah, it, you know I think we. You what know, shop have... had a poor effort? Yeah, yeah, well that was the worst one. I think the the shop effort was was any striker worth his salt's got to be doing better there. So someone played him in, didn't they? And he sort of got in between the two centre-backs. A good bit of movement, to be fair, from the shop. He sort of turned and he was bearing down on goal, wasn't he? And a good striker takes another couple of touches and gets inside the box and then just plays that round a, a, a stranded goalkeeper somewhere. The shop just took one touch, ran onto it, and just hit it first time and just blazed it over the bar. And to me, that strikes me as showing that the shop is not full of confidence at the moment and you know in essence that's what I would call snatching a chance he just took took the shot as early as possible um and he just took it way too early there was absolutely no composure about him and that's the other side of it the, the one chance where it went to the back post and he didn't put enough on it that's a target man type goal which he didn't do enough with that chance we just talked about there where he sort of almost got in one-on-one that's a more you know dynamic attacking strikers kind of role and he didn't do enough there so to me he's not fulfilling either role of of, of any kind of striker and um and, and you know it, it was a shame and I know we've cut co- we've covered it in the team thing about whether he's good enough You know, I'll, I'll agree with you I don't think he's good enough but um, yeah it, it, it was a shame really because it, it did spoil so much good effort in the first half and, and I can't think that you could be very critical of anyone other than the shop in the first half I thought they were all excellent
0: yeah I guess it would just be him him a little bit of um yeah, it's not just him who's wasting chances, yeah, um, but true. he's certainly true. wasting the, the fair share of them. Um, so we do need our midfielders to kind of start banking them. But yeah, if I, if, if he he needs to kind of yeah he needs to start scoring, um, we need some goals. That's for sure. Um, and that was really frustrating because the first end of the first half, I was. How did you feel at the end of the first half? Were you fairly? You obviously pleased with our performance, as you said. But did you see us getting a win in this game? And did that surprise you that we were playing so well?
1: Yeah, a little bit. I, I, um, it was interesting because I, I we should say we, we both watched this on iFollow, didn't we? Um, I got invited around to a friend who had had it on, and I thought, well, he, he's obviously going to get it, so I'll go and watch it there, and um, we'll, we'll come to what we thought about iFollow later on, Ollie, because we could have a long chat about that. Um, but so I watched it on 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 the iFollow feed, and I I'd watched the game and I'd seen how Shrewsbury grown into it, and and being a Shrewsbury Town fan, your initial reaction is that was our best period of the game, probably there. We've we've massively been on top, we've not scored, and the way this season's gone, and the way it normally feels being a Shrewsbury Town fan is you know, we haven't scored now some sort of sucker punch or something's gonna come along. I, I thought there's absolutely no way Pompey could play as bad as they did in the first half, and that was proved to be correct. And Kenny Jack is quite a shrewd manager. He made some changes at half time. So my my real thoughts at half time were that we might regret missing those chances. Um and, and that and you know me, I'm quite a, sometimes I'm a bit of a glass, glass half full person and I was worried about how well we played and not taking any advantage of it.
0: Yeah, I was surprised by their poor performance. Um, and I was expecting that they'd have they 'd come out second half and do a bit better. I thought we were i thought you know there the chance i guess I'm, I was probably more surprised than anything else that probably overrode my kind of emotion um, and <laughs> unfortunately the second half wasn 't as good as the first was it
1: nope it wasn 't and credit to Kenny Jacket I suppose he made two subs at half time and sort of changed their, changed, changed yeah, their shape a little bit um good management to be honest with you we didn't we didn 't make any changes straight away because obviously we were on top, but he definitely nullified our threat um I thought Gilead particularly sort of Drifted out the game a little bit straight away. Whether that was the, the shape or just because he, he put such an effort in the first half, I thought the midfield suddenly had a little bit more to deal with, and they weren't quite as dominant. And the, the other more interesting thing was Pompey got their tails up, and again, much like the first half, they started very well in the second half, didn't they? Um, and, and we had to sort of calm that down a little bit just from the off. But um, yeah, it, it, it was definitely a different game in the second half.
0: Yeah, it was. It's hard to get the full context of the game watching it on iFollow, which is different to T V. Yep, yep. Um, because of the, the style and the way it's kind of portrayed. So it's quite hard to see the tactical change. But I got the sense that obviously when um, Pittman came on, um they had a, a threat in the box. Yes. Um and also someone who can hold the ball up well and yeah he he's he's his dominant and he played a, a big part in them changing the kind of the flow of the game. Um but then we did um after um after all this season and all of us kind of begrudging and whinging about lack of good luck, we had uh, some luck. So yeah, how, how did the goal come about? Gwyn? Well,
1: we should talk about it before the goal. We had some bad luck, didn't we? I suppose there was sort of the first event in the second half, really was that, that claim for Gilead penalty. Um, and oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. I've, I've moved and so ahead some Shrewsbury town fans are saying we didn't have any luck with that. I mean, what, what was your view of that one, Ollie?
0: I've watched it back several times. And first of all, his, the, the, um, the, the connection, if there was any, was actually on the white line. Mm-hmm. So it was never a penalty anyway. Um, I think there probably was just about enough uh, to be a kind of a foul. Um but it was it was very hard for the referee to give it because it was a slight assist, kind of like kind of like touch. Um, I'm not sure if his, the way he went down really helped, but it was on the line anyway, so it wasn't a penalty.
1: Well, Askew was adamant, wasn't he, at the end of the game? He, he thought it was a stonewall penalty, and I can understand why you would think that when you look and think back to that waterfall one last week, which lots of people were saying was soft, was soft. You know, a little bit of contact, hands on the back. It was... Bit similar to that, I guess, wasn't it? Um, and my initial thoughts were, it looked like a pen watching it on the on the on the live feed. But I've not had a chance to watch it back like you, so I can't make a second judgment. But um, yeah, certainly in front of all the of Town fans, where it was, I believe that the the 300 odd Town fans, almost 300, that were there, adamant that it was a penalty. Um, obviously, we would be, but with the blue and amber specs on. So yeah, I think that you know, in terms of coming to talk about what happened for our goal and a little bit of luck there, that maybe we would do it after that that penalty decision. Maybe I don't know.
0: Yeah, the kind of the way they've been given against us. Um if you take those view then yeah it's definitely a penalty if it was in the box but um, unfortunately it wasn't and yeah it's the, the emotion of the day and I think ASCII was probably um, overawed by a bit of the emotion in yeah. terms of especially the way that the, the three points were taken away from him at the end.
1: And and we should also say that there we were a couple of other penalty shouts in the game that were probably just as, as robust as that. We've, we've obviously got the late one which we'll come to when we talk about their, their equaliser but there was another tackle um, on one of the Gillingham, uh, Gillingham one of the um, Portsmouth players who the, the Portsmouth fans were claiming for and also Obviously, we had a, a little. That was never a penalty.
0: No. Pittman was trying, was playing a game there on 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 on, on the fullback, and that was never a penalty ever. No, it was. And a quite there was a, another one. Even the, the Pompey fans, given there were so many of them, it was quite a weak um, claim.
1: Yeah, and there was one on Wally as well that we could have had maybe a second one where there was a sort of slight push in the back at one point and he went down, but made it look a bit easy. And one, one the thing about the Gillian one, thinking back to it now. I remember saying this at the time was it, it looked for all the world like a penalty, but he also looked like he dived. It was also, it was one of them really where he <laughs> tried to make yeah. the most of it I think knowing there was contact and he didn't help himself out really. No, I think <laughs> I
0: think that's a good summary.
1: Yeah, there we go. But anyway, it went on and and Town I'd to say as the game went on past that the, the point you know they were much better in the second half. There was a really good save by. Um, by um, Coleman uh, before we got our penalty Coleman. as well, actually, that we forgot to mention, where they, they got a chance and it was a shot from sort of on the edge of the six-yard box and he made a really good dive and save and put it out for a corner. So he deserved a lot of credit for keeping us in the game before we got our goal, Coleman. And I thought he was he was decent in, in the game in general.
0: Yeah, he was. He, he's I mean, he's settled into the team now, hasn't he? He's had quite a few good, solid performances now.
1: Yeah, it was. It was And then, yeah, we have get to the goal now. I, I forgot to talk about those other things first, but... Um, yeah, we, we got our bit of luck and it was it was comically bad defending by the opposition rather than us for once. So um yeah, Norburn put the ball out to Wally, who who crossed from deep, um, and the ball sort of ballooned up in the air, didn't it? And the and the scent, there was two Portsmouth defenders if you watch the highlights and they're sort of both of them could have headed it um, and the one defender sort of tries to take charge I think it's Burgess isn't it and he sort of almost ushers the other yep. one away a little bit and he gets it and he gets right under it and just heads it back and it just falls behind him and the only person there is the man Doherty who'd just been substituted on literally his first touched the ball and, and took, took it nicely didn't he finished really well
0: yeah very very calm finish uh, right and very sweetly into the corner um, and yeah McGlivery Michel- was not um, best no. impressed <laughs> um, which was quite funny but um, yeah it was it was nice to have that bit of luck and it almost felt like you know I, I'm like it's always funny isn't it kind of celebrating at home on your own um, you obviously yeah. with your mates but I was watching at home kind of shouting and Becky came in what's going on and uh, yeah we'd, we'd finally scored
1: we had and, and it, 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 funnily enough I also I also thought our, for how brilliant we've been in the first half during patches it almost felt a little bit against the runner play our goal at that point in time because Portsmouth really were starting to get on top so you did start to feel like oh this could be the day now you know we've we've managed to ride out their rough patch and actually we've scored and you know if we can just negotiate through what was sort of the last quarter of the game we'll be fine really and the way our defense have been playing over the last few weeks we've not conceded and other than the, the gifts you'd think we had a good chance of seeing that game out but unfortunately Ollie it, it what happened we, we did the usual Shoesby Town tactic when we go one nil up away from home
0: yeah, we just seem to kind of like like I wouldn't even say sit back. We just seem to lose our head a little bit, and the reason the word you mentioned the word head. I felt like it was a mental thing. Mm. I I think that the players felt under pressure, um, and I don't think that that mental mental strength within the team um, is that strong in them in because we haven't we haven't won a game yet in 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 normal time. So yeah, I don't know, we, we we struggled to keep the ball and we, all the good things that we were doing in the first half um, and bef- um, before the goal which almost led to the goal as well that we scored because that was a nice bit of build up play. Great we just seemed yeah. to forget all our basics. Um and well, so what happens so regularly with Shrewsbury Town, we just kind of yeah, we just we just stopped doing all the basics and invited pressure onto us and yeah, we couldn't see the game out. What was your view of the the latter part of the game?
1: It's very frustrating, I thought. You know, there was a win to be taken there, wasn't there? The way that Portsmouth had played poorly during the game, and and how we'd shown we could play. And in reality, Ollie, there's no other description as saying we threw two points away there. And everyone will say, oh, at the start of the game we took a point away at Portsmouth, but you've got to look at the context of the game. You know, we had it almost won in reality. Um, and and I, I always wonder in these situations, you know, what what do you think about? Do, do players just have this overall mental thought that we've gone one and up, we need to be tight now, and, and that forces them to just be a little bit more negative, a little bit sit back? Or is it something that gets drilled into them by the manager in terms of, you know, these are these, these, these game situations and this is how we'll manage it. If you go 1-0 up away from home, I want us then to sit in, be tight, um, I want us to do these certain things, I want us to play these channel balls in this particular way, and the players going out and carrying the instructions. You know, it's really interesting. I don't know whether, whether those are things that are drilled into players or it's just a natural instinct.
0: I think it's almost subconscious. Uh, definitely yeah. not drilled into him I'm sure Askew would not tell him to keep the ball. That's why he brought Holloway on to try and keep the ball. Let's play football. Let's you know if we caught the ball, they can't score. So I'm sure he wouldn't have told them to you know to sit deep and try and defend it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just almost like a subconscious thing. You you just rather than passing it short, you just try and yeah try and find the man a bit further on. And I think it's just that that slight you know that slight little hesitation. Um, and that little bit of cautiousness from every player just kinda of creates a big impact overall.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned pressure before, or are you feel like they were feeling a bit of pressure. Do you think that's pressure of the situation they're in now in having not one? Do you think that played a part?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think if um, I think if you know, if we'd had a good start to the season I think we probably would have just carried on playing our game and you know, we weren't even doing basics like, you know, just keeping the ball and trying to waste a bit of time. It was just it seemed panic is a very strong word. But do you understand what I mean? It just didn't, this was very um, uncomfortable. And I just felt like we were going to give away a chance. And yeah, unfortunately, um, that did happen.
1: Yeah, it was building up to it, wasn't it? We started giving away lots more free kicks, didn't we? Where, you know, they're sort of rushing into a tackle, trying to, you know, get that ball and, and try and get it away from the danger area. And we, we started giving them a few free kicks on the edge of the box, which were a little bit of a worry. But yeah, as I say, the, the, the goal again, you know, gift, we talked last week about gifts, Ollie, didn't we? You got it's just another bloody gift, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, do you think it was a penalty?
1: Yeah, he caught, he caught him, didn't he? I've watched that on the highlights. It looks like he definitely catches him back. Gilead's yeah. behind him. He tries to run around goal side, and and he's not trying to tackle him. He's not trying to foul him. He's just clumsy as hell. Very similar to some of the penalties given away this season. The guy is running onto the ball. He's clearly got the legs to get the ball. It wasn't going that fast forward, and they were they were pretty much far, you know, out. There was there was room for the for, to the, for the referee to think he was going to get the next ball. The referee flagged straight away, which was quite interesting to me. It probably looked like a penalty straight away to him. I thought it probably was a penalty. Um, But no malice and no intent there. Just a clumsy, unfortunate, bloody accident again.
0: Yeah, that's a really good summary, Glenn. Exactly how I, how, I, how I viewed it, watching it back a few times. Definitely a penalty, not intentional, yeah. um, but unfortunately the rules aren't. Did you intentionally try to foul someone? Um, and yeah, no. um, and then yeah, good penalty by Pittman and, and Coleman got really close to the ball again. He, he's he's good, not he you know he's good again close on penalties.
1: He's got the last two penalty. He's had a few to. Te- he's had a few to try out, hasn't he? Yeah, so he's he had a few. Too many now. I doubt any other. Uh, <laughs> I doubt any other goalkeepers have faced as many penalties in the opening what ten games of the season than Coleman has. So I'm not surprised he's getting good at them. Um, but yeah, he, he got got the right way again, and he almost got there. And I think you know he's going to learn a few learn a few lessons from not quite saving those two because he's he's almost there, isn't he? So um, yeah, it was a bit unlucky. But one one, and then it was just a, a, such a blow, wasn't it? Just such a. kick to the solar plexus really wasn't it in terms of how it felt because you know we'd not been as good in the second half we've still been competitive we've still gone toe-to-toe with a very good Portsmouth team we would started the season well but we just let the old trick um undo us again And, and it's like you talked last week about when we were playing under Mickey Mellon that one season and we kept giving goals away from corners and it was a trait okay there is a definite trait in this team for us to give the opposition cheap goals whether it be penalties like the four waterfalls given and and the one on saturday and then probably the other one as well against um, man city's youth team when Haynes gave one away or you talk about dangerous free kicks on the edge of the box which kind of ruined the luton game and i think we might have conceded from another and it-
0: yeah every single virtually every single goal we've given away um has been some you know uh, has been a mistake um, and our half is he? You know the waterfall one, the free kicks, Luton. You know it's we can I can't put my hand up and say you know what we've conceded apart from one of the free kicks. Obviously, Luton scored right in the top corner. That's a that's a great bit of skill. But it's not like teams been opening us up and scoring some fantastic you know tiki tacky football. Um, it's all been yeah. We've been kind of you've been the the architects of our own downfall.
1: Yep. But on the flip side, you look at the goals we've scored in the last two weeks. One was an own goal and one was from a terrible mistake by a Portsmouth player. So it's it's like, you know, obviously mistakes get punished in this division, don't they? And then fortunately, if you're making more mistakes than the opposition teams are, which we have been doing, then you're normally going to end up either having a draw or you're going to end up on the wrong side of the result. So, yeah, it wasn't. I mean, we, it didn't really feel like we really went for it in the last few minutes after they'd scored Ollie, It was almost a, a respect the point type situation. And, and I think that Portsmouth were... Pr- Felt like they looked like they were all right to get a point, considering they hadn't played very well. I think they had one reasonable chance near the end, but there wasn't really anything in the rest of the game there. And yeah, it was um, it was time to listen to Radio Shropshire give give them the, the same difficult analysis we tried to do at the start of this, which is Town played brilliantly. They were really good, but they didn't win again, which is just you know it is mind boggling.
0: I couldn't be bothered listening to BBC Shropshire. I um... <laughs> I can't remember what I did. Now I did something else. What's um, the point? Listen to people say the same things, um, especially those who weren't there. Um, and yeah, it was. Yeah, I just switched off. <laughs> it was. Um, it was frustrating to give away. Um, great opportunity.
1: Yeah, the most interesting thing is they had Paul Edwards on from from the Championship season under Fred Davis, the goalkeeper Eagle Edwards, which I thought was a really interesting comparison. They were like trying to talk about how bad they started that season. To comparing to the fact we've started back this season bad, you know, trying to look at the positives. And the most interesting thing was as they talked to Paul Edwards more and more and more, it became apparent that, you know, and I, I was only a near kid this season, and I kind of know the basics of it. I went to most of those games that season, even a few away games actually. And, you know, the more Edwards talked about it, he was like, we started rubbish, we lost 6 0 at Preston, we drew 3 3 at Colchester, we knew it wasn't going right, we'd conceded more goals than anyone, but we put it right. But it was because roughly around the Colchester game we brought in Dave Walton and another player so we could still bring players in then you know transfer windows weren't a thing of the past and he, and Fred Davis had the ability to manage the squad and bring new players in and freshen up when things weren't working this it's not really comparable to this season because things are working it looks like they're playing well um and also we don't have the ability to really change personnel anymore so yeah it was a bit of a weird comparison to be making on radio Shropshire, i thought at that point in time i can kind of see see where they were coming from but yeah it was a bit of a weird listen it was interesting to see what paul edwards had to say it was it was quite good the stuff he we was talking about that season but um yeah I, I can't see the parallels between that championship season and what's gone on at the start of this season
0: well i guess it's parallels in the sense that we didn't start very well uh, but obviously we don't know how how the season's going to um, pan out yet? I guess the only thing thing I'd maybe say in terms of is obviously we sign a lot of our players quite late, so maybe there's some you know, some hope there that the players are going to improve. But yeah, we've we've in terms of an agenda point, we've got here. You know, what's the issue? The issue is we're not putting the ball on the back of a bloody net. Um, and while it's very very simple summary, like I, I don't think there's anything else to say, is there? You know, we're we're creating chances, we're playing all right. You know, we're not. You know. I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm struggling, and getting frustrated because we're just not winning. We're playing well, um, and uh, as um, Kenny Jacket said, he said, "I do think Shrewsbury in a false position. They've got loads of good players, um, and they won't roll, and there won't be a rollover for anyone." So if someone like Kenny Jackett thinks that about Sh- the team, you know, th- you know, he knows more about uh, the mm. League One than probably than most people. Like, you know, th- that's, that's, that's that's an interesting, interesting um, opinion to kind of throw into the mix.
1: It is. And there's a, there's a lot of football people talking about how good shoes we are and the players we've got and it'll come right. And And it's interesting to hear them all say that. But, you know, <laughs> they haven't watched us in the last nine games as fans and, and come from that massive high of last season down to watching us struggle to win a game and still struggle to win a game when it was presented on a, on a platter to at least, at least three or four times this season where we've managed to stumble through the last periods of games and throw it away. and And you can't blame fans for being frustrated and you can't blame fans for looking at our record, seeing where we are. Being annoyed and angry with Ascii and, and the players, so I can also completely understand why people are thinking we've been playing brilliantly some of, some of these games and the and the players are doing fantastic and it, it's almost like every draw doesn't really answer either question. Do you know what I mean? Yes, Saturday doesn't really answer a question to me, Ollie. Are we good or are we bad? I I don't think it really answers either of those questions yet. We need a we need a resounding victory or a resounding hammering to kind of get an idea of whether we are one or the other. I just. I feel like we're in a holding pattern from exactly what we talked about last week, really, and we should probably just move on and see what happens next week.
0: Yeah, that's why I said it's a bit boring, isn't it, at the start of the podcast, because, you know, we are creating chances and all that kind of stuff, and that's that's my sentiment. That's my kind of my my feeling, overriding feeling now, is it's just getting boring. So, yeah, (laughs) I think an interesting game um, made interesting by some of the events of the game. Um, But, yeah, the the same questions um, remain... um, yeah, so the main the main question still remaining, don't they? And South End on Saturday is an absolutely massive game. So who did you go for top three, Lynn?
1: Yeah, I went for Grant. He looked excellent, I thought, in terms of of, of the game. He um, seemed to control that midfield. Was it was a calm head? And, you know, looked like he's got a good shot now, him actually, which I've not seen so far. Um, so yeah, I went for Grant. I went for Emmanuel just because I always view a, a debut a little bit differently. And we've not discussed him really, but he was solid, wasn't he? As a right back, he got forward pretty well a couple of times, and he looked solid in the tackle. Big, big, beefy b- big bloke. Really, he looked he looked decent.
0: Yeah, so he he looked like a good player. I think it's hard to. I follow with their obsession with zooming in it's really hard to kind of you know, view his, <laughs> yeah. his positional play and all that kind of stuff um, but yeah look a decent player and it's a good sign signing um, I went for Ollie Norborne I thought he played really well um, I was not quite impressed with him again um, I went for Coleman second then Warley third so quite different kind of view um, in terms of players who've gone for there
1: yeah yeah I went for Coleman third I didn't I didn't say that as well but I thought you know we talk about a game we've dominated and stuff but at the end of the day you know we had a lot of shots but only one of them in that entire game was on target and they had lots more on target and Coleman as a goalkeeper Coleman had way more to do than their goalkeeper across the whole game so you know it's just an interesting dichotomy about where the hell we are at the moment so yeah go on you, you asked the fans for the three-word match report it was quite varied again wasn't it
0: yeah so um, so a guy who was at the game they Plymouth said we should have won Um Yes, people who weren't at the game having a bit of a kind of ref- a kind of reflection on it, saying you know a good point. So quite a lot of people said that um, Kenneth and Sweden said giving away pen- giving giving pens away, uh, which is very frustrating. Um, yeah, get behind AScii from uh, from Gareth. Um and Kieran with um John Askey out. I think it's a bit too spit soon for that, but I can understand the sentiment. <laughs> Keith Anders saying gonna win soon um and Nick Hubbard saying need a forward. Um and, and Robin Evans saying we was Robs. Um so yeah, a lot of lot of mixed opinion and yeah, the the kind of the spread and the kind of the the kind of the camps that the fans are forming in is um is, yeah, is remaining the same
1: yeah it was quite funny i saw one that was called close the shop <laughs> which was really good um but yeah it is interesting you say there's some camps ollie you're completely right about that and it, that was picked up on radio shropshire as well in terms of you know understanding like we're trying to that there are people that are viewing results and view and some people that are viewing performances and, and they're very different at the end of the day so yeah there we go i mean ascii when i listened to his, his post-match interview. I always talk about him being quite dull and monotone. For the first time, I could hear emotion in his voice. He was bloody gutted. You you couldn't hide how gutted and annoyed he was about that result.
0: Yeah, he said disappointment about 20 times in the start of his interview. And you could just see from the... Obviously, you listened on the radio, watched on iFollow. He was visibly dejected and upset from the whole um, result, which I think... Plays into some of the words that he said. So disappointed to concede a pen again. The lightsman gave the pen. He didn't think it was a pen. Pleased how he performed, especially the first half. Difficult when so many have gone against us, so referring to penalties. Um, We should have had one pad. The ref deciding the outcome of games, which is an interesting view to take, isn't it? The referees are deciding the outcome Mm. of games, specifically our start of the season. And he said he was disappointed for the players. Um, But then, yeah, I think you were going to say something about, um, yeah, the referees deciding games.
1: Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot more going on in these games than just the one or two decisions the referees are making. As frustrating as they are, we've certainly got ample minutes left to try and affect the results ourselves, and um, it's the lack of goals that mean we're not able to, isn't it? So yeah, we go. I, I can understand why you're saying that, but it's a bit of a, a bit of a weak link for me. Um, yeah, and also um, Gav Carrow wasn't quite as chirpy this week, so it didn't didn't sound quite as good because they got hammered three nil at Darlington. Delphan, oh, I didn't so. hear him this week. As <laughs> I said, I turned it all off. Yeah, the the um the ASCII Gav comparison wasn't quite as stark, so yeah, there we go. We'll leave the game there. Um, yeah, I think we'll learn a lot more from the next game coming up. But um, I don't know, good point or bad point. I'm still really undecided at the end of this this discussion. So we'll, we'll, I think for me, I think the best thing to say, Ali, is the the how good that point is will be defined by the result against South End. Do you not agree?
0: I think in the context of the looking at you know, just purely looking at the league table, yes, it was a good point. Looking at the performance and how we, you know, could have could have won the game, then clearly it's um you know it's not a good point. Uh, yeah. And yeah, as you're alluding to, um, there's a a bit of pressure is building. Um, and I think this yeah we'll come on to the, the we'll come onto the game after we've kind of discussed um in salad news. I think it's probably worth jumping to that.
1: Yeah, okay, we're going to salut news now. Here it comes, right-footed towards the far post. Morris is in there, and it's there! Uh, it's there! Uh, it's Stephen Payne! Incredible! Stoppage time! Payne happens it gloriously into the roof of the net! Would you believe it? The League 1 leaders! They just do not give up! So, sad News. We, we don't really got too much news this week, Oli, but we wanted to have a discussion about I follow because... They've certainly been an interesting debate um, around their decision to be the the first sort of football league season where they've gone against the, the sort of old UEFA FIFA guidelines that you won't stream or show live games in the three to five period on a Saturday in, in England because that's been sort of the golden period where... You know, you don't show football there from any league because you want people to go and watch the games. You know, it's always encouraged the grassroots of the game, hasn't it? But the EFL have made a decision this year to not do that and actually stream a game. And so I think we've got a lot of discussion points here about that decision, the impacts, and also what actually you thought of the the quality and, and the way in which this is being presented, Ollie, because there were some certainly some things to, to question there, wasn't there? So I thought let's let's talk about the overall decision first, Ollie. Um and, and do you think it's going to be long term detrimental to to crowd attendance in the english football league
0: i don't know it's, I think it might be i think i don't know it's a really difficult it's a really difficult question it is. i think the the whole match day experience and you know you going teammates and all that kind of stuff is going to you know is going to drive people to is going to claw people to football games and um, those who really like watching the game and, and analyze it and viewing it and viewing the whole picture um are going to carry on going. But how are you going to feel, Glenn, when it's minus two outside um, and you could watch it on TV or even for yourself, just walk down the road? Well, yeah. You know, if you're you a fan that hasn't got a season ticket and you're going to pay 20 quid and sit in the freezing cold, eat terrible food, terrible coffee, um, or you could sit at home with your feet up, have the heating on. I think the winter's going to be an interesting test if they if they, you know, if they did this full time. Does that make, does that make, yep. that make sense?
1: It's tough. I mean, it felt very hollow watching it in some respects. I mean, you know, I know that that's not really... And there's, there's a lot of debates about how much money the football clubs were making out of this. And, and and it could be that Shrewsbury took no money out of all the Shrewsbury Town fans paying to watch that game. It went all to the host team this time. And there'll be... I think we've got upwards now of probably something, nearly 10 games that will be on iFollow. And I think three or four... Well, there's four international weekends. So there'll be at least four of those Saturday games um, in November and October. There's another two and then another one in March as well. So... Is you that, that been confirmed? Yeah, well, it's a trial for this season, so you're assuming that they continue that trial for the rest of the season and then they review it. But I don't know. It's not. I mean, they didn't confirm this was happening until. The night before, you know, Shuse Buchanan didn't confirm this was happening until the night before.
0: Yeah, so it's interesting as it was again the Accrington Stanley um, chairman um, was um, very vocal, he's always vocal on Twitter. Um, and Accrington Stanley actually made a statement. So they said that their chairman is very angry and dismayed at the English Football League's decision to allow the streaming of three o'clock Saturday fixtures to a domestic market during the international break. Um, and yeah, Mr. Holt, who's the chairman, felt that Art- Article Forty Eight, which is about the UEFA statutes, you know, was not discussed at the summer. Um, and I was really interested to try and find out where the club was on this. Um, so we got a little bit of a scoop here, Glenn, in terms of you know, oh. finding out what the club felt. And I I emailed Brian, um, and he was very kind to kind of answer my questions. Oh, great. So I asked him three questions. And the first one was, did the members of the EFL vote on Saturday games? He said, no, they didn't. So that links mm. that obviously matches exactly what um, Akron Stanley has said. My second question is, um, when did you first know about this Saturday um, game we broadcasted live? And he said Wednesday afternoon, the football club um, got an email saying this would be available due to the international breaks. So obviously, that wow. was a, a surprise for them. Um, and then I said I asked him a kind of a theoretical question. I said, um, "If you had a vote for Saturday um, three pm games, would you vote her in favour or against?" Um, and Brian states that you know he wouldn't vote in favour. Um, so, you know, they're not in, in favour of this either. So I'd feel the guys I felt really disappointed for as well as, you know, imagine you're, you've got a family and you've got a family, Glenn, so you obviously know how much it's cost. You've got a family yeah. and you've taken all your family down to Portsmouth. Um, you spent hundreds of pounds on fuel and hotels and food and everything. And then you find out that um, yeah, the game was, was live. So I don't know, for me, it just feels like this is all a bit underhand. And, and the thing that also makes me get quite annoyed, because like fairness and kind of integrity for me is really important, the the EFL are acting like a you know, acting like a board here and not you know, not connecting with their members. And the the EFL is only you know, only exists because of the football clubs. So I find it very I find it intriguing that they're kind of going out on this limb and I don't know. Hopefully, in the um, kind of the constitution of the football league, the the chairmans and the and the MDs of this world can do something about it because this doesn't seem right.
1: It's it's a shambles. I, I think. I mean, I, I have my own issues with the FL and the B teams thing, and um, you know, and how that that's been brought in and. You know, it's quite clear that the championship clubs have a much bigger say within the EFL when they come to, to to looking at these things, and obviously, they're probably the ones that benefit the most from live streaming because they've just got a much wider captive audience. You know, if you think about a Leeds or a Sheffield United, if you're suddenly streaming one of your Saturday games, um, you're going to get thousands and hundreds, you know, maybe hundreds of thousands of people wanting to put a tenner into it, whereas for for a Shrewsbury fan base, what maybe. 200, 400 people probably paid for that on Saturday. I don't know. It's hard to judge, isn't it? So it seems like the championship clubs are going are to be the ones that might be, might be wanting to drive this on. And it seems to have be been brought in without any consultation with those lower league clubs. And it seems to me that League 1 and League 2 clubs have an even lower standing within the EFL now than they ever had done for a long time. Um, and, and I find the whole thing quite sad as, a, as, a, as someone that supports a traditionally League 1 League 2 team. So... Yeah, very, very interesting and, and underhand by the FL. And I, I don't think Sean Harvey covers himself in any glory on anything that he does, frankly. And I wouldn't be too disappointed if he were suddenly, you know, to leave the FL and, and just give someone else a crack at it. But I, you know, I wonder what this trial will do. And, and you know, if we look at the Checker Trade Trophy, Oli, the trial, the trial, the trial. Well, no one's been going to the FL games. It's been derided for for years now. For the last two years, well, what did that trial lead to? Oh, we're going to do it for another three years. Now we're going to get Liverpool and Man United involved. So EFL trials generally lead to long term changes.
0: Well, it's just, it feels like you've got a bunch of numpties um, in an office somewhere in London trying to justify their own yeah. existence. Um, you've got Eng- the English Football League. It's always interesting for me when I, when I used to travel, um, when I used to work for Cadbury's Mondelez. So I used to spend a lot of time working abroad in Europe. And I used to say, you know, who do you support? Oh, I support Shrewsbury Town. I say, oh, we're in the, you know, I'll explain, we're in the third, you know, we're in the third division. And they all oh, right. He's, I said, no, no, we have like, you know, our average average you know, in the 6,000. And they are always, their jaw always dropped. They're always like, wow, that's amazing. Well, you got that many fans. And I say, you know, you know, this is the times when, you know, there's was Uniteds and Wolves and stuff. And I say, you know, sometimes there's some really big teams in there. And for me, you know, the football league and the pyramid system in the UK is so unique and it's worked for for decades. So why do we need to start trying to change exactly. it? I understand that you know you've got to try and keep it. You got to. You don't want it. Let it decay. But it's not decaying. If attendances were falling, then I'd be saying, yeah, we need to do something about it. Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think getting young kids um, interested in football by watching it on TV is really going to help the, the long term success of the league. You need to be getting people at not at our level,
1: no. You know, I think in the championship no. it's slightly different because you've got more prestige anyway to bring someone into that club and that fold. Particularly for small League One clubs, you can understand why the actor Stanley manager is go mental about it. But um, it, it, to me, it, it seems. It, and also, there's another element to this which I always thought is, you know, what happens now that the EFL have kind of done this now and they've 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 shot their bolt on it. Well, if the Premiership suddenly come along now and say, "Well, actually, we're going to do it at some point now." Screw, screw the FIFA rules. You know, we're not bothered about that anymore. Well, the EFL haven't got a leg to stand on in debating with the Premiership about it. And if the Premiership start streaming their games on Saturdays at, at three till five, the EFL is doomed. I reckon. It, it, you know, there's, the floating yeah. fans will be gone. And it, and I always thought this will only affect floating fans really. But at the end of the day, me and you are pretty hardcore. We go to most games. Well, we both watched it and didn't go to Pompey. Do you know what I mean? So it, it, to me, me watching that kind of proves the point that you will actually put your, some of your hardcore off going to games.
0: Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, this week I was never. Allowed, I was never going to go because I've been in, on a leadership course yeah. all week. But but for me, yeah, you're totally right. You know, it, it would just go. Oh, I won't. I won't bother. I'll, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do absolutely around the house, and I'll, yeah, then I'll watch a game on TV. Now, I guess the interesting bait back on terms of, in terms of competition, the the eye follow is awful. <laughs> so the quality is terrible. So we had issues, sound issues throughout the game, which wasn't definitely Doncaster game, but the sound issues are terrible. You can't you can't tell whether a player. So I really struggled for the top three because you can't actually see the whole. You know, you can't see the pitch you can 't see enough of the pitch you see basically it's like watching the game through a, um, a, through a peephole because they 've zoom in <laughs> so much on the player with the ball you can 't see whether he makes a good decision or not. can you
1: What would you know about looking for a peephole ollie i 'm a bit concerned about that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it was weird. It was like a blur around the edge of the screen as well. It was like a fisheye lens type thing I the mean sound yeah, was if, if anything 's going to put people off watching it, it was some of the crap sort of. Um, issues that there were on I follow and and I've been reading. Um, I watched that. Uh, I sort of follow that guy uh, the, the account on Twitter against League Three it was one of the people that first sort of got the campaign against the Czech Trade Trophy going. And he's been tweeting about that today. And, and from from that, I've understood that there were wide ranging problems across most football league clubs this weekend. So there's clearly something oh, okay. wrong with the, the service. And to me, that means that it actually got very very well used on Saturday and probably couldn't handle the demand. Ollie, so uh, I
0: don't agree with. I don't because you've got all the Championship teams that weren't playing. So they would have yeah, had a true, huge course. amount of demand yeah, on their service true. and set but yeah. but the, yeah. what, the reason I was mentioning the poor quality is, you know, you you're a kid, you know, you're a 12 year old, you know, 10 year old kid, 14 year old kid, um, and you're thinking about you know starting to go to the games, and you've got choice, you either can watch I Follow, which is utterly awful, or you can watch you know Sky BT Sport and start in Liverpool or Man United. It's it's not gonna it's not gonna it's not attractive way of watching the game. You know, you, I only stuck with it. Um, because obviously it was Shrewsbury if I was a a floating fan I would have stopped after 10 minutes But anyway yeah I think we're pretty clear in our views on that and I would say the fans have got to keep emailing them the fans have got to keep yeah. emailing and got us to still yes. keep complaining um and if they if they don't give us refunds then we need to um while we're still in the eu we can still take advantage of the, the <laughs> eu's kind of protocols on online services so i'll make sure i share that on um, facebook if they don't give us oh, discounts man. we need to we need to get our money back here because this is atrocious
1: it was atrocious um i think it's something we'll definitely come back to talk about ollie so we should leave it there because there's going to be more saturday games the impact's going to be more widely felt you'll get some football clubs and chairman putting out information about how it is affecting them so I'll be interesting how it develops so i imagine that brian he's quite an honest bloke he'll probably cover it in his next video update as well so um yeah we'll we'll probably cover that again the only other bit of salop news really to cover was that cameron gregory got a record from his loan i think he was basically been at chippenham for about three hours um and then he got he got recalled because Arnold got injured on the Friday. So that's all to say, really, he had been sat alone. It would have been a good move for him. Um, but I suspect as soon as Steve Arnold's fit, he'll probably go back out, won't he?
0: Yeah, he will. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was obviously no one really knew who it was, um, which was odd. So I imagine I don't know if that was a bit of mind games or just yeah, just simply not want to release the information. So predictions. Um, looking ahead to South Southend, um, we both went for defeats. Um so yes. So that didn't happen. No so points. in some ways that's a positive. Um but yeah, you've put here, Glynn, the kind of yeah, how how important this game is.
1: I think it's huge. And and I've seen a couple of more sensible people who are Shrewsbury town fans that sort of normally keep a level head saying that they recognise how huge it is. Um probably a few people listen to this on know Ant Thomas and you know, even he was saying that he doesn't like to say a game is huge when it's the tenth game of the season. But it, it is, isn't it, really, you know, for Asky in terms of we're back at home, we're in front of our fans, we haven't won expectation of of three good performances but without the result in the last three games the expectation is that we win on Saturday there's no way of getting around it we have we have to win on Saturday in some respects and to me the way it'll work is if we win on Saturday it looks like we'll probably kick on if we draw on Saturday you know we probably just kick our heels down the bottom of the league again and we don't really you know move on from the views we've talked about today and if we lose I imagine it'll kick off in all honesty I I think it'll be a big change then in terms of Fans moving from one camp to another one, really, so you know to me that's my way of summing the game up. We kick on it kick, we kick our heels or it kicks off ollie uh,
0: yeah, I think. I think the the odd thing and the thing that we've been struggling with is is the performances. I think if we have a bad performance and we lose, then yes, I agree with you. I think if we have a good performance and draw again, I think I think we're not quite there yet. But if we draw again, if we don't get three points, it's going to be um, very kind of worrying because you know you can go all the way up to twelfth with eight points. We've got four. Um, you know, you can be with seven points. You're up to as high as fifteenth. So you know, if we don't win, then the, kind of the gap yeah. to the table is going to start to. Um, it's, it's going to start to grow. So, talking of the game, Glenn, what do you think is going to happen?
1: Well, my expect- I'll go back to that, Ollie, though, but my expectation is we win on Saturday. I'm, I'm really not going to be interested in good performances and draws. It's got to happen. I'll, I, and I think the, the way it's looked this season is we'll probably win 1-0, in all honesty. But but it's not just I think we'll win 1-0, Ollie. I think we have to win 1-0. I want to see us win. And if we don't win, I'm going to be pretty miffed next Sunday. I can tell you that.
0: <laughs> Look forward to that. I don't care. Um, yeah, I don't even care f- about the performance. Uh, no, no, and yeah, the perf- yeah, Exactly. I, I totally agree with that. I think you know we we talk about performances because we're a football podcast and we we're focused on Tru Town. So we kind of need to talk about performances. Um, and obviously performances are important. Um, but yeah performances don't keep don't win leagues and don't keep you um in the division and f- um, you know if we keep getting these results we're going down it's simple as that so yeah i, I don't really care how we how we win obviously you'd love a, a fantastic performance and some beautiful goals but we need to get that win
1: desperately so what are you going for i've just seen you type it but you can say
0: yeah i'm going for 2-1 2-1 win to Shrewsbury town
1: Good stuff. Well, hopefully that, that comes to fruition and, and we just need to get that monkey off our back, really. That, that's what we're <laughs> desperate for at the moment. So, um, and, and certainly John Askey really needs to do something in a home game that can kind of start winning people that he's started to lose over already, I think is a fair way of putting it as well. So, yeah, I, I'm going next week. I'm, I'm sure you'll be there as well, won't you? And, um, yeah, it, it should be interesting. Good stuff, yeah. It's been it's been an interesting week and uh, we shall be back next week. And, uh, yes, thanks, guys, and, and see you next Sunday. Oh!